What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here chatting with people who have incredible stories to tell, all coming from tons of different backgrounds. Today's guest is an incredible one. One thing that I love about this podcast is obviously all the people that we get to interview. I especially love when we get to interview other podcast hosts. There's a certain type of, uh, I guess, like connection that podcast hosts have. And obviously, when you can host a podcast, you probably know that you love to talk forever. If you don't know that about me by now, if it took you 62 episodes to get that, welcome to the club. Anyways, we have Allie Dietz on the show today. She is the host of the Young Adult Path to Progress podcast. She is, a just like me, a young professional. She's down in Austin, Texas living out her life. And in this interview, we talk a lot about how maybe the young professionals of the world today or the young adults of the world today aren't necessarily taking the linear path. One thing that we joked about is, you know, at the Thanksgiving table, as we approach Thanksgiving, maybe we aren't talking to our parents about the stock market job or the finance job that we have or how we want to run a bank when we're older. You know, sometimes we do want to talk about being a content creator or being a podcast host or just being ourselves. And unfortunately, that's kind of a weird, sometimes awkward conversation, but certainly they're ones that we are having today. And at the end of the day, yes, people are going to run the banks. Yes, people are going to still uh, run the stock markets and all that fun stuff. But I think you'll see from the interview with Ali and I that we're not necessarily those people. But anyways, we have a great interview on tap for you today. So please enjoy the one and only Ali Dietz. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, everyone, it is another episode with another very special guest. Today, we have Allie Dietz. Allie is the founder and host of the Young Adult Path to Progress podcast, a show where she dives into the roller coaster that is being a young adult. Here to talk more about her story and help us get through this weird time in our lives. Allie is here. Allie, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? you? I'm good. I feel very honored that you asked me to be on an episode. I'm super excited. Yeah, and we chatted last week. I know that uh, you've been a little, it's been a little bit crazy these past few weeks. You're, you're starting to get your real estate license. How is that going so far? You know, I had my first final exam today, and it's been good. good. So finally done with the first class, which is... Um, exciting because mm. it's it's definitely it's a it's a process and it's a step in the right direction right so it's a step in the right direction and it's nice to feel like i've i've completed something you right. know right totally my my girlfriend got her real estate license uh i want to say in early 2020 and i just remember how much she studied for that and i actually have like all of her real estate stuff in my apartment cuz she's like she's convinced she wants me to get my license so that like when we retire and grow old we want to sell real estate on cape cod or that something is like so that. funny i'm convinced that my boyfriend needs to do the same <laughs> she's like she's like you like, can get we it gotta, right now we got to invest we got to yeah. get into real estate we're in austin texas this is the place this is the time let's go well you're in austin and i mean like talk about young adulthood in austin yeah. texas right like that place is just booming with young professionals, big tech companies, you name it, people are flooding to the streets of Austin, Texas. Yeah, it's so funny. I never saw myself ending up in Texas. I always thought I was going to be an LA girl, always have been at heart. And 
you Google uh, best place for young adults to live and Austin is number one. And shockingly, I actually agree. It's been such a great transition, great move. Everyone here is incredibly welcoming, which is a little bit different than the culture in LA and New York. For sure. sure. So it's been, it's been very fun. Lots of activities to do here outside of drinking, which is definitely where I'm at in my life. So it's been nice. Yeah. I think the, the post-college, like, like partying Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday too. Like I just, I can't keep up with it anymore. I just no. can't do it. I oh can't, my God. I'm only, I'm only like two and a half years removed, but I'm, I feel like I'm 20 years removed. And like, I know a bunch of my listeners and a bunch of my friends will be like, shut up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was living in LA and New York, I mean, even here, obviously there's going to be a drinking culture. That's a sure. part of it. It's yeah. part of being a young adult is going out and socializing in that kind of way. But I like that here, there are so many other activities to do with friends, whether mm. it be volleyball or tennis or, you know, going and working out. Maybe that's just where my life has taken me now right. because my boyfriend is very active, but it's been <laughs> like a breath of fresh air after, yeah, being in college and then being in two of the biggest cities that are very heavy drinkers. Totally. And so we've had a bunch of people that have gone both coast to coast, New York to LA, you touched on it. Like the cultures in, in both of those cities may not be, I'm going to get flack for this. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, but (laughs) it's not as inviting as an Austin, Texas or something like that. I think it's just uh, pretty cutthroat for lack of a better word. Right. Um, What, what were the big differentiators for you seeing both New, New York and LA? You know, for me, the biggest was that New York was closer to family. Mm-hmm. I personally like LA better for, I just feel like LA has everything. It has the beach, it has the mountains. It's one of the most beautiful places that you can be. Right. Uh, New York City is magical and it's something I wanted to do when I was young, but like, I feel like I've done it and it's, it's great. It's done. Yeah. Both of them. <laughs> Both of, yeah, <laughs> both of them are very, um, I would say LA is a little bit more creative and New York is very focused on career. Mm. Like you meet someone at a bar. The first question is what's your job? What right. do you do? Where do you work? Who yeah. are you? You know, yeah. LA is probably more, who are you? But right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I, I think what I have found about Austin that I like is that it has more of a work-life balance. Yeah which is something that I didn't even know that I was looking for until I lost my last job and COVID hit. And just being in this time in my life, I was in like being able to do whatever I want with my time during Mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. I, I realized how important it is for me that I have that balance. Definitely. And we're going to get into all of that in just a little bit. I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. You Mm -hmm. mentioned that family is very, very important to you. So can you talk a little bit about life growing up in the Beats household and and how important family became very early on in your life? Yeah. You know, my, my family, um, my mom, my sister, my dad, they have always been my best friends. Um, obviously parents first, but I mean, my, my mom has always just been the greatest support to me and my sister. If you listen to my, um, podcast, I did an episode with her. It was one of my first three episodes that came out. Actually, uh, my one year anniversary of young adult is coming out, coming Mm -hmm. up this Saturday. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the episodes that I released that day is one that I did with my mom. And we just talked about the way that she was there for us. I mean, growing up, it's not easy for anyone, you know, whether it be friends, having issues with friends, having issues with sports, school, different schools, bullies, you know, I, I never want to sound like I have a sob story in any kind of way, because I don't, I'm very blessed. I've always had my best friends, but also we all have those struggles. And I was very lucky that I came home to a support system of best friends in my home that I never felt alone. Mm -hmm. And going off of that, I have to ask, because I I have yet to do the parents interview, you know, normal guy, lazy (laughs) eye has been around now for 13 months. And we've, we got, we're getting close to 60 episodes, but wow. the, the requests I get a lot is like, what, like, why haven't you had, why haven't you had your dad on the show? Why haven't you had your mom on the show? Why haven't you had a, your girlfriend on the show? I'm, I'm more nervous for the, for my girlfriend, just cause I don't know what to ask her, but yeah. for the parents, I just like, I can't like sit and formulate questions to ask them. But what was that experience like for you having to chat with your mom for the podcast? You know, I did my episode with my mom based off of a very specific part of my life that I was going through. I don't know if you've listened to that episode, but I actually had someone trolling me on Instagram. Uh, it had It is something that went on for about two years. Yeah, the fake accounts, right? And the fake that. accounts. Oh my gosh, so, the, the amount of accounts that happened. I was, was stunned. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. What? So it's something that happened right after I graduated. And mm. we basically found out who it was and it stopped. Mm-hmm. And then it started up again. Uh, last year, last summer, right after I got certified in life coaching and was about to launch the podcast. Right. And it's something that I wanted to talk about on my podcast, but it hadn't happened in two, in a year or two years, whatever. And I, it was so funny that it started up again, but I, I interviewed my, it was like perfect timing. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you to you the fake account creator. Fake we accounts. love you. Thank you for trolling me. But um, my mom was my rock through all of that. And Mm -hmm. I imagine being a mom, seeing your kid go through that kind of thing. And then like also going like trickling back all the way to my sister being bullied in middle school and like having to be pulled from her middle school and sent to a new middle school. Like it's a very hard time I would imagine for moms to go Mm -hmm. through through stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was a good way for me to share my story of what I was going through. I'm very lucky that it happened to me during a time in my life where I'm very secure in myself. So it didn't phase me, but that does happen to people who are in middle school, which is terrifying because they don't know who they are yet. Totally. And so when you go ahead, sorry, no, when you, you see an Instagram pop up saying you're, you're a loser, you're stupid. Then like at that age, hearing those words really hits you. So it just felt like a good way for me to be able to get my story across and also have someone that I could talk to about it. So totally. And I like, I don't know how middle schoolers do it today. I think our generation, we like just missed the avid social media users of middle school. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was just coming up enough where like people barely had a Facebook page, like our, there was no trolling really on social media, right? The trolling was all on the playground. If anything, like when I was in middle school, I was making a Facebook account for like modeling Mm-hmm. And I would get me and my pic- my friends to make like modeling pictures on pick art. Like, what was it? Like 
pick stitch or something pick stitch or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah it was just a very different culture um but I definitely felt like having gone through something like this being in a place where I am sturdy in myself I had an obligation to put that out there for anybody who is not in a sturdy place in their life and feels like they're never going to be like who they want to be because when I was in middle school I dreamed about being the person that I am today Mm And I know that there are so many other young kids doing, dreaming about being who they want to be and something like that could really get in the way. Yeah. It's, it's, I just sometimes want to like see these kids and I just want to like say, I'm sorry. Like, I don't really, I don't, I, I can't fathom it anymore than when I was in middle school. Like, but just the, the oversaturation of social media that they're exposed to and like, you know, you know, every TikTok gets on the for you page. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of time before someone sees it. Like, you know, Instagram, if they're not private, right. And, and things like screenshots and all this stuff, like it can, I mean, the internet is, is public period. There's no yeah. such thing as privacy. It's a beast and yeah. young kids don't know how to, I'm sorry, my dog's barking. No, you're good. <laughs> but it's a beast and young kids don't know how to, they don't know what they're getting themselves into. No, they really don't. They're, they're, it's they're, the innocence is so there and, and it'll get, stripped away very quickly once they once that happens right yeah but um so we'll we'll fast track a little bit um growing up and before you went off to college after high school you decided to take a gap year and I think that's really an interesting kind of aspect to growing up as a young adult like we don't think of taking that gap year Mm -hmm. all the time and really trying to focus on yourself before figuring out what it is that you wanted in life and in college can you talk about like going through that decision to take that gap year both mentally and then kind of like seeing what your friends were doing otherwise before deciding to to ultimately go to Elon University yeah so I when I was in high school I knew what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to get into broadcasting I was addicted to e-news I was going to be the next Juliana Rancic like Mm -hmm. my life was built out for me in my brain I knew it was going to happen it was just a matter you know how am I going to make it happen right funny fast forward to 2020 and e-news doesn't exist anymore (laughs) but didn't I didn't see the wave of digital digital news and the way that everything was going to change in terms of television news but with that being said I was when I was graduating I wasn't ready to leave home yet Mm -hmm. and I had taken enough courses um, my senior year to leave early senior year of high school to leave early so I decided to go to community college and get started with college early so my gap year kept me home but I was still taking classes at a local community college right because I knew that I wanted to graduate early from college so that I could move to LA and get Mm. started with my career so I from a very young age I think because I was not a super active young kid. I wasn't in sports or anything like that. I really didn't, I wasn't like a partier in high school. I really looked like I was 12 when I was in high school. So I was very focused on the future at that point, which is funny because I know we're going to talk about how I kind of preach not focusing on the future, but (laughs) from a young age, I did. Well, I mean, obviously perceptions change and, and, and things change. And I think like, as we do get older, to our benefit, I think that big picture becomes even bigger and in turn kind of even farther away. Because when you're 10, you're like, I'm going to be on Disney Channel tomorrow. And that's the big picture. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, the, the end goal is literally like, 
get to the weekend <laughs> when you're right. 10, you know, but now it's like, you know, the bigger picture is farther away and being able to live in the present, I think is more important as young adults, but I, and like to, to, to your point on that gap year, right? Like I always, you know, I, I, we touched on this a little bit before when we chatted, like that gap year can be kind of seen as that negative connotation. Like the outsider looking in might be like, oh, she's taking a gap year because she doesn't know what she wants. Very clearly quite the opposite for you. Mm-hmm. You knew exactly your plan. So can you talk like, like taking out of that co- negative connotation, like the positives that obviously came from that gap year for you? Yeah, honestly, that gap year for me was a really big growth point. I feel most of my friends that were in my hometown were either gone off to school or they were getting into relationships and they weren't around every day. Like I had known for my whole life, Mm -hmm. um, which was huge for me to, to recognize that life was changing. You know, I think that it was easy for me to decide to stay and go to community college because I was scared of change. I hadn't experienced change yet in my life. Mm -hmm. So I think that was one big thing. And the other thing was that I was reading a lot. And I think that honestly, reading a lot helped me be more internal with who I wanted to be, not like the career that I wanted to live, but like the person that I wanted to be, the confidence that I wanted to carry myself with, the way that I wanted to speak eloquently, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that I wanted to treat other people. I mean, I've always been the same person in terms of like my kindness, but I think that it definitely, that helped to build me into the person that I was once I was ready to go off to university. Totally. So, I mean, for anyone who's considering going to a, a gap year at community college, it's not something that's super crazy for people to do in my hometown, mm-hmm. but it definitely does, I think, have a negative connotation to it. Um, I, my advice is it doesn't matter right. what people are going to think about you. And that's another growth point that I had to go through that year is understanding that other people's judgments don't matter. And like, at the end of the day, I knew that I was going to get to a point where I was living the life that I wanted to be. And at that point, they would see what my vision was the whole time. Yeah, I think kind of to your point, it's it's a matter of putting the blinders on, right? Especially when it's a, a turning point in someone's life or a, um, a class's life, like the class of 2015 goes off to college that summer. So everyone's going to be you know, posting moving in day and like my, my orientation group and my first night out and my first shot and all this stuff. <laughs> and you're like, uh, community college, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. how, like to see that externally. Right. And you talked about finding yourself more internally. I think our generation and the generations that, you know, are turning into these young adults thinks of things as what can happen right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what can, what can I do to get there right now? Whether that's you know, a million followers on TikTok, get my podcast to be sponsored, get, you know, like whatever it is. Like, I think just like the social media aspect of our lives. Yeah. The FOMO, you're exactly right. So how do we kind of take that time to, to dial it back a little bit and focus on like you were saying the here and now? Yeah. I think that, um, it's hard to do that when you're on social media all the time, but you have to remember that like your time is going to come. And -hmm. I think that again, kind of going back to my early days, I always had to be, I learned patience very young because like, like I said, I looked like I was 12 in high school while all of the girls were on the cheer team and all the guys liked them and they were going to parties and had prom dates. I still, you know, was 
very much so behind and developing into a woman like all of my friends were. So it's such a funny thing that taught me patience, but like I really had to learn patience and understand that my time will come. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that come to fruition at this point. So I know that it's true, but like you have to believe it in the moment. And I'm very lucky that I had a mom who I was able to have conversations with and help me understand that that time is going to come for me. That time just isn't now. Right. And I think that having that time, I mean, first of all, don't rush anything. You're going to get to the stage where you're partying and you're drinking. And if someone's even at that age listening to this, but it gets exhausting and <laughs> you're going to be bloated. <laughs> you're going to gain 10 pounds and you're going to look back on pictures and wonder why. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, first of all, when you go to college, you will gain 10 pounds. Don't yeah. let anyone tell you, you can, you can miss the freshman 15 or whatever. Like just, yeah. just embrace that. I and, had like, the senior 15 or oh, junior, okay. junior and the senior. I didn't okay. start drinking until my junior year of college. Oh, wow. Well, props to you. Cause that was not me. <laughs> I, mine was Mine was my off season. So as I have in the listeners know, I swam in college. My worst year coming back was that off season after freshman year. So the season ended in like end of February from like March, April, and May. I was like, I'm this college athlete. I can eat whatever I want. Well, like dumb me was like, well, you're not swimming as fat, like as much as you were during season. So I just blew up like a balloon. You weren't getting the same exercise. Yeah, it was so bad. So like that whole sophomore year, I was trying, I, I gained like the freshman 50, honestly, it was so <laughs> bad. And so like just getting back into shape was like a really tough grind, but yeah, I mean, you know, you bring up a good point. Like it, it like, I always, you know, we always kind of laughed at when my parents would say like, Oh, don't worry about it. The kids that are popular now are gonna aren't going to be as popular when, when you, when you get older and I'm like, no, it's true. I mean, it's so true. It is so <laughs> true. And I just like kind of see that happening like in, yeah. in my like circles and all that. And you know, like the people that I grew close with, those are the people that are still doing amazing things. And the people Definitely. that maybe saw me as like the loser, the kid with the lazy eye, whatever yeah. it was, you know, just they just kind of fall out of fall out of the circle, I guess. Yeah. I think that to kind of go what my point that I was trying to get at, whether you know, because probably most people who are listening to this have already gone through college and like the drinking phase. They know exactly what we're talking about. But like, I think that that same idea applies to everything in your life, that everything seems greener on the other side. And it's really easy to want that right now, but you have to sit and realize the, that every moment that you have, you can turn it into something good, you know? So whether you're in a gap year before you go to college and you use that year to read and like, really figure out who you want to be before you get there. Mm-hmm. Or if you just lost a job and you are in a unique position that you get to decide what your career from here is going to look like. You know, I think that that's something that I've had to learn several times is like being in a stage where I left a job, lost a job, whatever. And it, it's crushing, but yeah. A lot of the time in those moments, I didn't realize that I was in an incredible position to build my life, mm-hmm. you know, into what I want it to be. And that exactly. job obviously wasn't meant for me. And during that time, I can actually look into the types of jobs that I want, you know, what company culture I'm looking for, what, uh, you know, what pay should I be asking for? knowing my worth and fighting for my worth, you know? So I think that in those times where you're feeling really down, 
it's an opportunity for you to really demand your worth in life and figure out what you want. And it's hard to be that that way and decisive when you're so sad. <laughs> but um, if you flip your headspace and you start thinking like that and you see it as a blessing in disguise, it really does help. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, so you went on to uh, Elon University, graduated with a degree in journalism. So once you graduated, here you go, you've, you've decided to move to LA. So here is this, this family woman who is very, you know, very close with the family and wants to be with the family and you choose to move coast to coast. What, mm -hmm. what kind of feelings were going through your head when you decided to make this decision and, and, and move across the country being so far away from your family? I think honestly excitement because it was the dream to move out to LA and work in entertainment news. Right. And, you know, I look back on that time and I wouldn't change anything, but I think I was kind of naive in the way that I just kind of jumped on to the first job that I got offered. Um, I wouldn't change anything because I can say that I checked off. I lived out my dream, you yeah. know, the dream that I had in high school no, it wasn't e-news, but it was entertainment news. And I got to live that out and I got to live it out right away. And I feel very, very blessed to have been able to do that because it's pointed me in the direction of like what I want and my aspirations and goals have grown with me now. Definitely. I mean, I, I, that was kind of like almost forced upon me. I had quite the different, um, like move. It was like when we were applying to colleges, I couldn't go to a school where I can come home and do laundry on the weekends. Like, mm my parents basically forced me to go look somewhere else. And I think just being given that freedom or more so just like that, that nudge to be like, you know, like you've been in California for 18 years, like go see something else kind of opened my eyes. And then I've just fallen in love with the city of Boston. So just being out here and like, yeah, my parents now are in Salt Lake city and I maybe sometimes only see them two, three, four times a year. Hopefully that will change soon, but you know, it's still great to, I call them every single day and just, doesn't matter how family oriented you are. I think just how close you are with your family, uh, whether that be by mileage or just by, you know, being able to call them every single day is, is super mm -hmm. important too. Yeah. I think that being a family person uh, also, I, I went to school four hours away. So I felt like I had understood what it meant to be far from my family. Right, right. I didn't really understand until I moved cross country. And honestly, it was a, an article that I'm not going to go into the article because it's kind of depressing, but my boyfriend actually shared an article on Facebook at that time. And it made me realize how sad I was to not be able to spend as much time with really my grandma yeah. as I could. During my time being in LA, I really realized that I want to be with my grandma as much as I can. Mm -hmm. um, that relationship really means a lot to me. And I think that's when it hit that I wanted to be back East and close to them. And my mom's going to listen to this and she's going to laugh because now I'm in Austin, Texas. Right. She's like, you're, you liar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, a thing about family being important to you is yes, my current family is important to me, but also the family I'm going to create one day is important to me. And mm -hmm. for me to build a life for them that I want that we can all be happy in. Sometimes that means leaving behind you know, your hometown, yeah. which you're always going to love. It's always going to be home, but. Right. No, totally. I mean, I, I, I think I know the exact article you're talking about. I know I, you talked about it on your show, but I actually 
watched a video of someone basically kind of explain that article. And it was a, a TikTok, and I'll kind of summarize it for people listening. It was like, how many, you know, like, how many years do you think your, your parents have left? And they were like, probably like five, six more years. And like, okay, these aren't my parents. Just yeah. so we're clear here. Uh, like five, but like six grandma. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandma, yeah. right. Like five, six years. And he's like, okay, well, how many times a year do you see your parents? And he's like, about two times probably for the holidays and one other time. And he's like, okay, so that's the thing. You know, like we think of, oh, I have five more years left with my parents or my mm-hmm. grandparents, whatever it is. But no, you only actually have like 10 times left with your parents. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> you know, like it's it's kind of eye opening. And I think it's just kind of the perception that people need to have on like it's not five more years if you're not making the most of those five more years. And yeah. that goes for even like not just family. That's just like life in general. If like you're thinking, oh, it's you know, it's five more years. till I'm here. Or what, whatever it is, it's just like the perception of it is like how, how how often are you actually trying to obtain that goal that you're trying to get, whatever it may be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's funny because when I read that article, it really hit me. And that's Mm. when I decided that I knew I wanted to be back East. This Mm. was early on in my time being in LA. I didn't really have any friends there yet. Yeah. That was when I like knew that I wanted to go back East, but I talked to my boyfriend about it recently, actually. And I asked him how he feels about that article now that he lives far away from his parents Yeah, because at the time he was living with his mom. Right. And he said that he read that article and kind of going towards your point, he saw it as make the most of every visit that you have with them. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I'm like, oh my God, I have to be with them every day. <laughs> you bring up my a good point. Just yeah, no, yeah. You, I was just talking to my dad about like when I'm going to come out for Christmas and I literally was like looking at the calendar. I was like, oh, if I do the 17th all the way through New Year's, that's two weeks with you guys. That's a long time. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love you guys to death, but two weeks, man, that's oh my a long gosh. time. I, that's another thing. You get to a certain age where going home and visiting, it it is a long time, but it's longer than like a week. Yeah. And I don't have my like childhood bedroom anymore. And I like, they live yeah, in mine's like guest room now. No, oh, I, we have like two guest rooms in the basement. It's like for my twin brother and I, like, that's where you guys sleep. Like yeah. none of my stuff from like my childhood is in this house. Like there's a couple pictures of us, but like, it's, I mean, it's my parents' house now. You know what I mean? Like yeah, once definitely. it moves from your house to your parents' house. That's when it, you know. That's when you know. Like, yeah. Life, I, has, life has moved on. <laughs> I moved home during the pandemic and I made my room, my room again. And then Mm -hmm. when I moved back, when I moved to Austin, my mom had that room completely annihilated and turned into a guest room in like two days. Yeah. Yeah. It was ready to me for me to be out. So it like, it goes both ways. (laughs) Right. At least it wasn't turned into like a craft room because that's happened to me. And if Um, like, if now there's no bed to sleep in, in the room that you used to sleep in, it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of eye opening. (laughs) At least your mom has a activity there. I'm assuming, is it your mom that does crafts? Please. My dad (laughs) dad does not touch the craft room. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess just getting back to your question. When I moved out to LA, I think that I was just a little bit naive and what that really meant um, Mm -hmm. for me at that time and how far the distance really is. Um, But it wasn't something that I was super sad about until I was there leaving my family. Definitely. So you, you landed the job at what's trending uh, as the social media manager. You're now, like you said, you're on the path to living out your dream in entertainment news. What did that like, 
can you kind of take me through that whole experience? Cause I know this is kind of a roller coaster in and of itself. Oh my gosh. It's all a roller coaster. It's all a roller coaster, right? Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. That's here. life, right? <laughs> that's but, the path. <laughs> right. But you, here you are, you're at this entertainment company. You're the social media manager. You're getting to do red cop, red carpet interviews, but tell us what happens. But nine months into me working there, the company goes under, mm -hmm. everyone gets let go, except for one person who now is the social media manager, the producer, the director, the on-camera talent, and keep basically keeps the name alive yeah. on social media gotcha. so that it's still creating content and it doesn't, you know, look like it's gone under. Right. So everyone's gotten let go. Um, and I will say I have an incredible relationship with my CEO from What's Trending. Her name's Shira Lazar. I have great love for her. She, I actually interned for her um, the summer before my senior year. And then she offered me this job about two weeks after I graduated. So she gave me that experience. And I am forever thankful for that experience and the fact that she believed in me. Now, with that being said... For anyone who's about to graduate, if someone offers you $20,000, you say no. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Life lessons here with yeah. LED. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't say, don't say yes to that. That's, that's tough. I think that my biggest mistake was not seeing that a company that's been around for 11 years offering $20,000 a year as a paycheck, which by the way, it's not going to cover anything living in Los Angeles, not even the delivery fees for your food. Honestly. Yeah. It's a huge <laughs> red flag that yeah. a, a company that has been around for that long cannot afford to pay you more. Hmm. So I, like I said, I don't have any regrets because I am very lucky that I have parents who supported me through that. But, you know, looking back on it now, do I think that it was a smart move in terms of like actually building something for myself? And, you know, I look at my friends now who have are buying houses because they have a hundred thousand dollars saved up. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I've done everything wrong. Right. Um, right. But I, like I said, I, I guess you really have to know your situation and if it's something that you can do, then do it. But um, definitely that's what I mean about taking the time and really know what you're looking for in a company, understand the company culture before you accept a job. I think that, um, I just jumped into the first job that I got offered. It was my dream job. I have no regrets, but yeah. it definitely didn't last. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break from this week's interview to talk to you about our new partnership over at beam supplements. Beam stands for one of my favorite sayings, be amazing. Beam was founded by Mike, who is a cancer survivor. And the funny thing is, Beam was actually the name of the treatment that saved his life. Beam is centered around you, the athlete, no matter what your skills are, no matter what your goals are, they're there to help you be amazing. One of the craziest things about Beam is the flavors. That's the first thing that I noticed when they sent me some of this stuff, guys. They have flavors like cinnamon cereal, peanut butter smoothie, blueberry muffin, chocolate chip brownie. And I'm just talking about their protein powders right now. They're whey protein powders. They have plant-based. They have pre-workout. They have vitamin supplements. All the things that you need to be amazing, they have it. And the one thing that I want to say about the protein powder real quick is 
as an athlete for many, many years, I've tried all the protein powders when they come in. They say they don't taste like chalk. Let me tell you, they taste like chalk. Beam is different, guys. It's the smoothest flavor that I've ever had. And one more thing, pre-workout. Let me just say this really quickly. I am not the biggest fan of pre-workout, pre-beam. Once I started using Beam's pre-workout for some of the longer runs, some of the strength training exercises that I did during the marathon training when I really, really didn't want to work out after work or late at night after editing a podcast, the pre-workout helped me get through that workout without the jitteriness after the fact. So what I can do for you is actually quite amazing. It's it's beaming amazing. <laughs> at checkout, you're going to go get 10% off with the code Jared. That's 10% off at checkout with the code Jared, J-E-R-O-D, of course. Go over to beam or youcanbeam.com and use the code Jared, J-E-R-O-D, at checkout to get 10% off. Now back to the interview. No, I mean, like you bring up a really good point on just kind of like, when you graduate from college, whether it's, you know, you're going to broadcast journalism and that in and of itself is a really tough industry just to get your foot in the door. So I'm sure many broadcast journalists will tell you like, say yes to that first opportunity. So I honestly think the career, I mean, just from my experiences talking to journalism, you know, majors and and people in the profession, though, you would probably say, take that, right? Like the pay, the pay probably could have been negotiated or, or something like that. But I just think that's a really good example of, you know, when you're fresh out of college, you want to say yes, because you're like, I need a job, I need to get paid, I need something, right? But you have to kind of go back and going back to your point, demand your worth, Mm -hmm. right? Demand what you deserve. And whether that is like, maybe a little bit more manageable, $40,000 or $50,000, just so I can pay my rent, you know what I mean? Um, But obviously, the the logo or the the industry that you were falling into really kind of was that perfect storm. I can totally, right. you know, it and totally and the in, the industry, the entertainment industry, is you know so competitive. There are so many girls just like me who want to do the exact same thing, and the ten of them are lined up behind me. So if I'm not going to do it for twenty thousand dollars, there's probably somebody else who will. So if that's really something that you want to do, and you have the support that you can do it, like I did, I wouldn't change my trajectory at all. I think it's made me who I am. And I'm very thankful for every high, high I've had. And I'm thankful for every low, low that I've had, because I can sit here and speak to my experience and hopefully help other people who are going through a similar experience. But I definitely think that my biggest lesson or one of my biggest lessons in that job is to actually do research on companies. And (laughs) yeah. And yeah, bargain with them or or try and get negotiate, sorry, negotiate with them and try and get more than that $20,000. And if they can't offer you more than that, don't take it as you're not worth more than that. It's probably a reflection on the company. Totally. Absolutely. But so, you know, being let go at such an early point in your life an early point in your career, you know, it's your first job and you're like the whole company just got let go. Like what, like, what was your next move? Where did you kind of go from there? Because you know, some, most of the time, and I don't want to speak from experience because I haven't done this before, but, you know, people typically spend, you know, one, two, three years full time at one place before trying to decide their next move here. You were, it's like, you're, you're done. Like you, and there was nothing lined up, right. It wasn't like you were actively interviewing. I, I mean, I could be wrong. No, but, it wasn't. Yeah, right. You're so correct. like, what was, what was kind of that? Like, where do I go from here moment for you? Um, You know, it was shocking and it was sad. And I think that I, 
was more so sad for Shira, who was my CEO, because I knew that this was her baby. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it wasn't easy for her to let go this team that she had built, which had become a family to her. Um, I very much so try and take the spotlight and the feeling off of myself. I think that's one of my coping mechanisms when I'm going through things, but it, it's sad and it's Mm. hard and you don't know where to go from there. But I knew that I wanted to go back to the East coast. So it felt like a blessing. It felt like I was able to do that just earlier than I had planned to. Right. I, I guess the the biggest thing for me when I was going through that, I'm trying to like put myself back in that position. Right. And it's hard because um, like you kind of almost want to like move beyond that. But it is, you know, it is a point in your life that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, has kind of set the at least the first steps to here we are with, you know, uh, young adult path to progress. And it's one year coming up. Like yeah. this kind of has set in motion. It definitely did. You know, that's funny that you say that because it was when I got let go from what's trending that I knew that I wanted to do a podcast, but I just didn't know what my podcast was going to be about. And during the time between me working at what's trending and my next job, which was working at a jewelry company in New York city, mm-hmm. my mom went out and bought me all the equipment for my podcast because she knew that I was going to be successful in my own podcast and she wanted me to do it. So, I um, love that. Yeah. Isn't that great? (laughs) I love that. Like I said, she's been the greatest support my entire life. That's Um, awesome. But yeah, I I didn't know what it was going to be. So Mm. I didn't do it. I sat on that idea. I didn't actually start anything. That's actually, that's funny. I did start. I interviewed Shira. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I, and I never released it. Oh, so oh, I interesting. We have some unreleased content over at Young Adult. Because, <laughs> because I um it was my first interview. I brought my laptop and all of my it was my first time seeing her since I got let go. It was probably yeah. like a month, month and a half after I gotten let go. Brought brought all my equipment to the office and um because she still had an office space because she was not paying for it. And I um went to go interview her and she had to get to another she was hosting radio show and she had to get there she got to the interview late and we had to go in her car driving around los angeles and i had to interview her on my phone oh my gosh and i don't know what happened but something on voice memo memos messed up and the the recording got deleted basically So it was like my first time trying and it was a huge setback and, you know, one thing happened, led to another. And then I was in New York city. I had a job working, like I said, as a social media manager for this jewelry company. And Mm -hmm. I stopped working on the podcast. So it's one of those things that, um, I feel very thankful that my career path has gone the way that it has because it's brought me to this point and I set it in motion then, but I don't think that I had a clear idea of what I wanted it to be until I had gone through the next two jobs, which, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, kind of going, I just wanted to bring up, you asked me how I felt when I lost my job at what's trending. Yeah. And I just remembered that a friend told me right before or right after I lost that job that you don't want to be seen as a job hopper 
and that the next job that I have, I better have it for at least a year. And did that, did that happen? And then I got a job that I hated (laughs) in New York city. Right. And I was living on my friend's bed with her for the three months that I worked there. And I uh, was at a point where I either needed to buy an apartment and basically lock myself down into this job that I was miserable in very bad company culture, Mm -hmm. um, very negative, or I could quit and find something that felt like a healthier environment for me. So it was back to back two really hard blows, the getting let go, the company going under, and then getting the first job after that at the jewelry company and realizing very soon into it that a the only thing that it was doing for me was getting it getting me to New York right nothing to do with what I wanted to do in my life Mm -hmm. and b I was miserable Mm -hmm. yeah no you bring up an interesting point it's it's like that and I'm sure while you're going through all this the only thing that's in the back of your mind because your friend said this was like don't job hop don't job hop and like but sometimes when it's in situations like that it's almost better to, for you to just say like, Hey, these three months, like I use it as kind of that trial run. It just did not work out. Like I, Mm -hmm. this is not what I was looking for, but, and then too, like you had the idea for the podcast, at least kind of sitting on the back burner. And I know for me, when I started this, that's all I wanted to think about was the podcast and how I wanted to build this out and what's the name for it going to be. And to your point, like, what's like, what's going to make this my podcast and not the the next podcast, you know, that someone's creating, right. Or just right. the next classic podcast. Right. So, but I still had a full-time job and I still have the full-time job. And so for me, it was just like learning to, to take that balance, but for you, it's a little bit different because it's, I'm in a job that I hate and I can't think about this. I want to think mm-hmm. about all the bigger and better things I'm doing with this podcast. Yeah. So I was, in this job that I hated, I was living at my friend's apartment, you know, a probably 900 square foot New York City right. apartment in her bed with her. Oh, that's a penthouse was... if you, it's 900 square feet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you break it into two bedrooms and <laughs> yeah, you're, you're on the kitchen no, table, no AC right. unit right. and no. it's the middle of the summer. Yeah. It's a little bit hard to focus on creating a podcast and really for like, a year after I had bought all of the equipment, the idea of the podcast sat on the back burner Mm. because I was chasing this life in New York city. So I quit this job because I mean, something that I stand by in my life is that if you're spending majority of your time in an office where you're working, then the, you know, the people that you're around, their energies are going to affect you a lot and you need to be in a healthy environment. I think that putting your health first is so important. And if you feel that a job is hurting that, you need to leave that job because there are so many other jobs out there and it's not worth it. It really isn't. I like, I was listening to something, I think it was Barstool Sports, honestly. Um, And it was one of the, 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 uh, the podcasters and he was really excited about quitting his his corporate job he was selling software and he's like i don't even know what that software did i don't know what it does i just was i just knew how to sell it and he just like was at a point in his life where he was like if i could make fifty thousand dollars a year to write about sports i'd be the happiest man in the world and i think that's very eye-opening like 
you do like, don't get me wrong. I don't want this to think like, you know, you and I are sitting here in la la land thinking that like, we don't have to pay for bills. We don't have to pay yeah. for car insurance. We don't have to pay for like a house come the time. Like you're going to want to get a job that's going to help pay the bills. But if that's the only reason you're doing it, then you got to get out. Well, you know what they say, the best time to get a job is when you already have a job, <laughs> you know? So yeah. if you, and I've never done that and I've still somehow been okay. Right. I mean, luckily I have a support system that many people do not. So I recognize my privilege, but with that being said, using the excuse of, I can't quit my job because I have the bills to pay. Mm-hmm is just that it's an excuse because your life and the power of your life is in your hands. You get to decide where you take it. It might mean, you know, staying up a little bit later at night and doing research on different jobs and applying to jobs during your time off, but you can find another job. Like I said, there's so many out there and they're willing to pay you a lot of money. Totally. Especially if you have the skills that you're putting into the current job that you hate. Right. You're totally right. You're totally right. So I know we've talked about on this show, you know, not thinking too big picture, living in the moment, kind of taking it one step at a time. That being said, when you're coming up with this podcast, what were some of the bigger ideas, like the, the really substantial things that you wanted to hold on to bringing this show to life? You know, it's funny when I really set the podcast into motion last year, I didn't think very big picture about it other than what it meant to me Mm -hmm. and the point that I wanted to get across to people. Um, I knew what I wanted people to take from the episodes, what my mission was, but I felt very intimidated when I looked at the big picture of what it takes to build something yourself. I was very intimidated by it. And My boyfriend started a company when we graduated from Elon and he, and he and I actually, we were working together during the pandemic and he's, he really pushed me to start the podcast and he broke it down for me that it's really not a big thing that you think that it is. It's getting the equipment, it's coming up with a name. It's, it's a bunch of little steps that build a big thing. So for me, it wasn't necessarily focusing on a big thing. It was focusing on the little things so that I didn't get overwhelmed and just understanding what my mission was and how I was going to get that mission out to people. Yeah. And I I love that you use the word mission because I think like if we boil it down, right, the big picture is your mission for the show, Yeah, right? Like, what do I want to accomplish every single episode, right? What do I want? What's the, what's like the overarching theme that I want to share? And that was for me, it was like, I'm just a normal guy with a lazy eye. I want to have these cooler conversations. I'm sick and tired of being set, uh, you know, cooped up in my apartment. But what I've found as this show has kind of taken different, different avenues and whatnot and different conversations that I've had, doesn't matter if you're an athlete, a content creator, a writer, uh, whatever, right? We've had we've a CEO, it doesn't matter. What I found that was interesting was like, I kept hearing people ask me, how did you get this person? How did you get this person? How, like, how did you, how did this person even come on your show? And I'm like, I shot them a DM. Like, yeah. it was like, that's as easy as that. Mm-hmm. And, but to that point, right? Like you don't have to be an A, you know, a, a world-class athlete to have a conversation with another world-class athlete. Mm-hmm. There are things that me, this kid that it's, lives in Boston and has this goofy podcast, 
can resonate with with someone that's won an Olympic gold medal at the Rio de Janeiro Games. Like we we could I could obviously want to talk to you about how you won that gold medal, but when right. you start to boil down, you know the the nitty gritty stuff, it's like mm-hmm. you know it's the drive, it's the passion for the sport. It's like okay, well it's the drive and the passion that I have for these things. So it's like you know you can have these conversations. You don't have to be like you don't have to be a God to talk to a God is what I'm saying. Yeah. One of my first episode that I released was actually with a friend of mine that I grew up with, who is on the uh, Olympic ski team, the U S Olympic ski t- team mm-hmm. doing aerial ski jumping and yeah, insane. And it gets more insane because when we were in high school, the same time that she got asked to come join the team or come train with the team, she went paralyzed from her waist down. Whoa. And it was, it turned out to be a neurological disorder and, um, skiing it wasn't actually, even an injury? oh my gosh, she just, one day she was cleaning her room and she just collapsed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, her life is just the picture of someone who has gone through one of the most hard, unthinkable things. and she pulled herself out of it mm-hmm. and defied all odds. And not only is she walking now, but she is on the U S Olympic team for aerial ski jumping. Incredible. So no, none of us have gone through that because that story is specific to her, but we can all relate to that. Whether it's me relating to that because I have lost a job and I need, I need to get up and persevere and find myself another job. You know, you can listen to someone who's gone through something like that and see the strength that they've put into themselves and what they want for their lives. And, you know, her rehab and by the way, skiing was a part of her rehab. Sure. Um, And you can get inspired by that. And that's what it's all about. You know, so my podcast is all about interviewing different people about their highs and their lows. Mm-hmm. So that you can see that everyone, even though their highlight reel on Instagram looks great, everyone has their lows, but they also have their highs and you can have both too, Absolutely. unless you let yourself sit in the lows. Yeah, that's, that's the important part too. And I think, you, you know, you bring up a good point, you know, spending too much time in the lows and, and like looking back on them too often. I think, especially with a, you know, an 18 month pandemic that can <laughs> kind of help or not help. Uh, accelerate people by sitting in the lows for too long and being a young adult like this like this is unfair right like Mm -hmm. this isn't fair to us we should be living having the times of our lives doing things we've never done all this stuff traveling you know you name it but you throw an 18-month pandemic into the wrench and now no one knows what to do so Mm -hmm. you know like as you talk about on your show this path to progress everyone's path to progress is going to be a little bit different that being said, everyone's kind of going through this common theme. So what are some of those themes that you've noticed with these paths of progress that you've seen over the past, call it 18 months? Um, I think that for one, it's a belief in yourself, having the confidence in yourself. Um, everyone that I've interviewed has had these lows, whether it be a pandemic, mm. whether it be going paralyzed, everyone goes through it. And if you switch your mindset from a negative space to a positive space, and you look at the skills that you have, and you look at everything that you've done in your life, you've gotten yourself to this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, pat yourself on the back for that. Right. 
Right. If you've gotten yourself to this point, you can take yourself so much further, mm-hmm. you know, and you didn't come this far just to stay here, you know? So I think that all of the interviews that I've had, whether it be, you know, I, I talked to a girl who she, um, or interviewed a girl who she has a blog for relationship anxiety and that stemmed from her relationship anxiety. Mm. And it's something that she had to face. All of these people have gone through things and they've had to face them. And once they faced them and really accepted these parts of themselves and what they're going through, they're able to pull themselves out of it because they believe in themselves. Totally. So I think really just being honest with yourself about who you are, where you want to see your life going and patting yourself on the back for every little win and being positive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is- the, the small victories is something that we like to talk about on the show, or we've talked about in the past. It's like, I don't think our generation really likes to celebrate those because it's just, it, you know, I mean, I, as silly and as oversaturated as this one is used, like making your bed in the morning is the best. Be- and I, I know on this show, I've said, I don't do that. So I know I'm like, a there's mine. Yeah. There's, <laughs> right a reason, behind me. there's a reason why I'm blurred out. Cause it's <laughs> not made. Um, but like, like something as simple as that, or writing down your agenda for the workday tomorrow. So that when you wake up, you don't have to scramble and do that. Like that's a small victory to me. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. It just, it makes your life 1% easier the next yeah. day. Well, and it's like those little things, that 1% Mm -hmm. really sets your day up. Yeah. Like if you have your to-do list right there, ready to go and you see it play, it's like me making my podcast. If you see it placed out as little steps to a big picture, it's so much easier. You don't get as overwhelmed, but when you're just looking at 500 things that need to get done and it's all a clusterfuck in your brain. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> and then, yeah, you're you're gonna get lost in it. You're gonna get overwhelmed, and you're not gonna be as um, successful in that day as you can be. And totally. starting your day with your your bed made. I don't know about you guys, but working at home with a bed right there <laughs> is very tempting to crawl into. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I know that a lot of us are in that position with the pandemic. So make your bed because then it's not as tempting. All right, you're probably like the fifth guest telling me to start making my bed. So I guess, like, <laughs> and like, I and I, I will occasionally, but I don't know. Sometimes I just have to get going and get out of bed and go, but it's, there's no excuse. I think that if I were working, well, when I worked in an office, I still tried to make my bed every day. There were definitely days that it didn't get done, mm. um, but those were the days where it was very chaotic in the morning, which is never a good way to start off the day. Right. With that being said, I work from home now. And for me, my environment is everything. If my environment is not put together, then it's hard for me to get my work done. Mm -hmm. So I need my kitchen clean. I need my bedroom clean. I need my closet. I need everything to be in order and like living in the space that it's supposed to live. Otherwise, I just like can't, (laughs) I can't live I can't do life at all. Oh, oh man. Yeah. One day I'll, one day I'll get to it. Day, <laughs> I promise. Um, but so, you know, a big, a big part of your story and we've, and I'm sure we've, we've talked about this the whole time, but just, you can kind of tell this wasn't really necessarily the quote unquote linear path that someone takes. Right. We talked about, you know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you go to college, you get a job, you get a job, you make money, you make money, you pay the bills, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. I do think from my experiences on this show, from my life experiences as a whole, you're not the only one that doesn't take the mm-hmm. linear path anymore. 
Like I, I, I think our younger generation is starting to deviate from that. What do you think has kind of triggered that sort of, whether it's, yeah, I still have a corporate America job, but I do a podcast on the side, whether it's, no, I just do a full-time podcast, like on my own boss. Like, what do you think has kind of triggered those types of things uh, for our younger generation? You know, I honestly think that with social media and everything being available to us um, at our fingertips, there's so many different things that you can do, whether it's freelancing or, yeah, posting a video on TikTok and blowing up and becoming famous on TikTok. I think that we see that there are so many different things that you can do, whereas our parents' generation didn't see that. Mm -hmm. They didn't know all the different ways that you can make money and live that balanced life. And I think that the reason for me that it felt important to show every side of the, the path for me was that even with social media, it's sometimes hard to see it. But I do think that majority, like a lot of people, especially since I've started this podcast, I've realized how many people really are not taking a linear path. You know, the, yeah. amount, the amount of people that come to me and talk to me about it, or like even the, the comment of job hopper, the amount of conversations that I've had with people about them being scared of that too, but they feel like that's kind of becoming the norm of like staying in a job for, you know, just a short period of time and then going and trying something new. I think that we just have so much opportunity and we see so much opportunity because of our cell phones. Mm -hmm. um, but with that being said, we also see the highlight reels of people. Right. So I wanted to cut back, take down the curtain so that you don't see the highlight reel all the time. And you can hear the real stories behind it so that you can see you're not alone. And that, that is where our generation is going and it's okay. And you don't have to feel bad about, you know, I talked to a girl the other day who just graduated last summer and um she responded to one of my stories and said that she was like oh my seeing you happy makes me so happy and you know gives me hope mm. and I was like look I know you're confused right now but that is exactly what you're supposed to be feeling and that's exactly what all of us feel in yeah, this stage totally um totally. so to your point I think that it definitely is more common I think the linear path is uh going outdated it's going to be outdated very soon i don't think that it's going to be the norm in yeah 10 years or like when i have kids totally and but. yeah like i mean i know there's going to be ran like awkward thanksgiving dinners where it's like you know whether it's our our parents or their parents being like well someone has to do these corporate america jobs at the end of the day and it's like they're that still is doing them right and that is a fair <laughs> point and i was like you're you're still doing it so yeah but you know like you know you know there's still gonna be there's still gonna have to be people that run the banks and there's still gonna have to be people that run the stock market and i'm like yeah but you know like at the end of the day i really hope that's not me <laughs> you know that's the thing though is that everybody's vision of what they want for their life is different and that's the beauty in all of this right even totally. if your goal is to be working the stock market or what working in a bank or you get a bank because whether you have kids and your focus is being a mom and you need to get a job who's going to pay the bills so you go work at the local bank like everyone needs to make ends meet make their life work for them what i try to preach is to find what's going to make you happiest in the position that you're in in your life. I love that. That's awesome. So you had mentioned and, and congratulations, uh, Young Adult is coming up on its one year anniversary. Thank you. Yes. You're very welcome. What are some of the your favorite moments from the show 
uh, over this past year. I never like to say, like, when we have podcast hosts on the show, I don't like to say who were your favorite guests. I think it's more about what are your favorite moments from those shows that you've done? Yeah, um, I think that interviewing my mom was one of the highlights for me just yeah. because I um, was it was very therapeutic for me. And also the episode that I did um, about my path was very therapeutic for me, which is so funny um, that looking back on it, this, I, I wanted this to be something that has helped other people, but it's actually been built into something that's helped me so much. And I really don't think that I had fully like accepted and healed from my crazy journey of the three jobs I had after I graduated until I started this podcast and I like sat there and talked about it and just like felt like it felt like I was just I don't know speaking the truth just relieved me it healed me yeah um it was therapy for me I love that I also um I've had so many incredible people that I've met through this whether it be like meeting someone at a party and them doing something incredible and then I interview them like one girl that I interviewed, she started her own um, clothing brand called NMB New York last year. The same, or she she launched it like two weeks after I launched my podcast. And oh, I wow, met okay. her, I met her the week before she was launching it. So we quickly interviewed her and um, got it up on the day that she launched her, her clothing line. Oh, wow. And now her clothing line is up on a billboard in Times Square. Wow. Um, it's, it's so seeing that I'm interviewing these people at a place in their life where they're still building their path Mm -hmm. and to see how far they've come to hear from where they were at when I talked to them for the, the podcast to where they're going is just incredible. Yeah. And those connections are just so cool, but also the connections that I've built outside of episodes have Mm -hmm. been incredible. I mean, the conversations social media, you look at as such a surface level medium Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't have to be. And that's one of been, maybe been one of the coolest things that's come out of this is that I've been able to have deep conversations with people on Instagram of all places and people engage and they care and they want to be heard and they want to have these conversations with you. And then you build this, this connection with someone that you've been following for two years, but like, you know, you haven't really talked to. Yeah. And no, you bring able, up a great point. To be able to connect with people in a way that you never would have before has just been incredible. Absolutely. We've we've talked about this on our show. First of all, I give you so much credit to do the solo episode. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> that takes a lot of guts because I mean, I don't I, I I told you I just look out the window here and if I'm just sitting here talking to my microphone, I might lose it. But that I mean it does sound therapeutic. I'm still trying to figure out when to do that. (laughs) You know, that one was very easy for me because I knew what I was going to say because it was talking about my life. Yeah. The other solo episodes that I have done have probably been the episodes that require the most planning out of all of my episodes. Totally. I don't want to sound stupid. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like it's, you know, you can prep for a guest. You got to do your research, obviously, but you can kind of tell, and I'm sure you can kind of tell from this episode today, like, conversation just starts to flow and like you don't always have to go to every single question that you ask and all that but 
but the I, I you know you've kind of you've inspired me to to do the parent in, interview so if mom and dad if you're listening to this I'll probably <laughs> come and interview you this this Christmas they don't know how to listen to a podcast so it's no big deal um and and we will definitely I I promised her this and I think I'm gonna like make sure we do it this year I'm gonna do a, an interview with Eve my girlfriend so I know she's listening to this and we're gonna make it happen so I know a lot of listeners have asked for it so we'll make it happen oh but- that'll be so fun <laughs> I feel like I've talked about doing that with my boyfriend. And I I really think that that's just going to have a certain type of banter. You can't have with anybody other than your significant other. Exactly. Exactly. But you brought up another good point just really quickly that I wanted to touch on is the connections that you've made post-production or Mm -hmm. post the, you know, when the episode airs and all that. And, you know, one of our, one of the, one of the friends of the program here, Christine Snap, she's been on the show twice, talks about you can't waste social media or she, she, you know, it's it's a bummer when people Mm -hmm. waste it and don't get me wrong. There are plenty of negative things on social media and and we try our best to steer clear of that. But if it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't have this show. I wouldn't have been able to reach out to the guests that I've had. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have this conversation with you today. It's things like that. And then also too, like being able to stay connected with these people, even though we are miles apart. And even though like we're just right now connected through a zoom, like I still get to see what you're doing after the fact and how great you are and all that stuff. And it's just, I always say like, I kind of piggyback off that, like being able to not waste social media Mm -hmm. is is super important. I love that. I love that. And to your point of what you were saying of like post episode drop the connections that you have with people. I think that my favorite thing of having this podcast, yes, the connections I was talking about, like when I post Q and A's on, on Instagram and people respond and we have conversations before an episode comes out. But I think my favorite thing about having a podcast is just getting responses from people after saying that an episode that I dropped helped them in any way. I mean, if I have one person reach out to me, and say that the episode that I have released has helped them in any kind of way, then I feel like I'm successful in what I'm doing. And I have, you know, my mission has been heard and that it's, it's why I continue doing it. Totally. Could not know. And for anyone who's listening, if anybody wants to do something, whether it be a podcast or TikTok or YouTube, whatever creative endeavor you're interested in writing, whatever, if you have something that you're passionate about, I promise you, there are so many other people who are going to be passionate about that too. And you are going to shock yourself if you do it. Mm-hmm. Cause I know it's scary to start something and put yourself out there and be vulnerable, but there are so many people who appreciate it. And it was one of the scariest things for me starting this podcast and being worried that no one would get anything from it because I wanted them, you know, I wanted to touch people so bad. That's why you do a podcast, but right. If you have something that's touched you, I promise you it's going to touch other people. I love that. Yeah, that's the best part of this whole show is just even it's the one, two, three texts that you get or DMs like, hey, this really helped. For me too, one thing I love about this show is I get a lot of DMs from people with lazy eyes. And it's just funny. Like I didn't That's so think, cute. Yeah, I didn't think like that would be a thing. Like I know I know it's in the title, but I didn't think like, you know, that would happen. And so people will be like, I don't know how you're so confident and all that. So it's it's really fun to have those conversations too, because like I didn't think I'd be having those. And it's 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 a uh, pun intended, it's eye-opening. <laughs> <laughs> But Allie, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on. We do have one final question. Yeah. And I gave you the unfair advantage to, to <laughs> tell you what the question is. I know you've heard the show, but 
if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? It's funny. You gave me, you gave me the prompt and I didn't come up with it. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. We, we, we still forgive you. Most important question of the day. The most important question of the day. (laughs) I had an idea of where I wanted to take it. And I'm just Mm. not sure. I I know that it would be about path. I don't know if it would be like path unwritten or the path continues. Something along those lines. Um, Path to progress. Boom. Boom. Hey, I hey, already it's a have working it. title. It's a working <laughs> title. You can continue, you know, maybe in a year from now, we'll come back. I'll re-ask the question and see how that autobiography is going. <laughs> I think that path to progress works because that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that. that's why, that. that's why it's stuck for the podcast. Perfect. Perfect answer. A perfect interview. Allie, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you had just as much fun as I did. And we will definitely keep in touch. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I can't tell you, I feel so honored to be on here. And um, yeah, it's just, it's been such a good conversation. Awesome. Well, I will definitely talk to you soon. Yeah. So thank you again to Allie Dietz for coming on this week's show and sharing more about her story, sharing more about her great podcast. I invite you to go check it out. Young Adult Path to Progress, available on all platforms that you find your podcast on. Allie, you're an incredible person. Thank you so much. Be sure to go follow her on all things social media. I'll leave links to Allie's uh, stuff in the description of this week's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Can't believe we are here at 62 episodes. Thank you so much for tuning into our first ever solo episode. I know when we were recording Ali's interview, that was something that I hadn't necessarily uh, tried before. And well, we did it. And we talked a little bit about the Thousand Mile Man Challenge that took place. The uh, I was going to say the Cape Cod Marathon, but the Charles River Marathon, all that fun stuff. So again, thank you guys so much for all your support. As always, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Normal Guy Lazy Eye. If you are listening on the podcast app within Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. It helps us get discovered by more and more listeners. And as always, you can go check out the Normal Guy Lazy Eye merch. I will say my favorite are the Nike hoodies. Those things are fresh. The stitching is impeccable. But again, that's enough for the shameless plugs. I appreciate you guys so much, and I will see you all next week week.